if you're going to a mutual party or you're going to a close friend to vent about your um your frustrations or your um your unhappiness or your your stance about to confide in a friend. Just to confide in yeah. a friend about your partner. Right. That is that that I feel like that's okay, right? But if your but if your sole goal is to go out and to just badmouth your partner, yeah, and be negative, and just be negative about yeah. them to try to paint them in a bad light, right, to receive some type of sympathy or, or validation or of validation your feelings of your feelings, then no, yeah. you're wrong because right. I feel like all in in house struggles need to be dealt with in house, and when you include outside, um, when you include outside sources into your business, you allow in outside opinions, and a lot of times those opinions. May not be the opinions that you want, right. but whether you want them or not, you're welcoming those opinions into your uh, your relationship. relationship. Right. Welcome back to another episode of Life After I Do Podcast. I'm your host, Nisha G, and I am back with my co-host, my husband, husband, my husband. Just husband. I'm not husband. He doesn't like when I call him husband, even though I have it on a sweater, but I'm here with him. Molito. Yes. I feel like there should have been a clap afterwards. As my daughter says... As my daughter says, momido. 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 <laughs> She'd be like, momido. <laughs> Mamimo. <laughs> so happy new year, everyone. Merry By the Christmas, time you guys hear this, see this, it'll be uh right. Christmas has passed. Happy New Year. Um, we took we took a little bit of time off to celebrate the holiday. <laughs> we celebrated all right. And to be together. <laughs> and you know, why are you being weird? Because we celebrated. No, I was I was sick like a dog. We wouldn't celebrate. I was like, we didn't celebrate. We literally spent Christmas at the emergency room. They don't even know that. Yeah, they do because that's how we celebrate it. All, with all me, you need to know is that your me, meal ticket is alive. Me and my six year old in the parking lot at the ER because I didn't want to take her into the hospital, but we didn't want to go home and leave him at the hospital. So her and I sat in the car and we went and got Del Taco French fries because she wanted some Del Taco French fries. And um, we played games. We uh, played fr- what, free flow, the puzzle on the iPad, and we talked. Long story short. S- long story short. Yeah, whatever I said. Long story short. Christmas was a mfo. Yeah, but it was okay because we were all we weren't like together together, but we were together. So, and what's more important is that you're feeling better. That's yeah. what's most important. I thought I was going to die. I don't think you did, but. I think that's a little dramatic and quite. I, and to be honest, we, we like, wouldn't have gone to the emergency room. We would have gone to urgent care, but because urgent care was not open, we had to go to the emergency room. Like, Don't let him sit up here. This must be exactly what giving birth felt like. Oh my! Don't you ever compare uh-huh. a gallstone uh-huh. to giving birth? Uh-huh. Yes, it's painful, but it is not that painful. Uh-huh, I mean, birth. it's painful, but it ain't birth painful. I'm Don't giving birth. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, it hurts. Anyway, so I'm giving birth. How was your break, babe? It was stressful. Besides, besides Christmas. Other than that, like how well, was your break? Well, leading up to Christmas, I was sick. I had yep. the flu. Yep, he got like a 48 hour flu. I mean, thank God it didn't last like a week or two. Like some people I'm be mad. down and out. He Hold legit on. was like down for a Hold solid on. 48 Hold hours. On. I'm still mad that I'm the only one that got sick. 
Where's some wood at? I need to knock on some wood. Because, because I'm normally the last person to get sick. But I was the only person. So it had to be from work, whatever. So then, so I had the flu. Mm-hmm. And then. And thank God again, it didn't last It didn't last. Long. It would last about three days. Um, and then uh, Christmas Day, my, my gallbladder attacked me. Yep. For the first time ever. I said, if this is if this is what approaching 40 feel like, I said, take me out now, Jesus. Bye. Goodbye. This is it. It's not that deep. <laughs> It's really not that I said, deep. I can finally correlate her the feeling she had when she was giving birth. I said, "This is painful. The pressure. I wish and the you'd pain. Stop saying that. The pre- It was just like you just tried to give birth. It's just the pain was up higher than it wasn't in my hoo ha because I don't have a hoo ha. You don't know what contractions feel like. I do now. All of them don't. You don't feel all the contractions in your hoo ha. This ain't about you. Oh my lord. So yeah, you know, it was a rough couple of weeks off for me. Uh, I didn't work much because obviously I was sick as a dog. So I wasn't very festive this year. I had to uh, muster through watching my daughter open her Christmas gifts while I felt like crap the whole time. But we made it through. We and, did make it through. And, and she t- had a really tomorrow, great Christmas. Oh, oh, not tomorrow. Well, as you guys are listening to this, my wife has now turned another year older. And her expiration date is closing okay. in on her. Uh, rapidly approaching. Wait a minute. Okay, so really quick before we get back onto that. So we're in the kitchen, right? And he comes downstairs and he gives me a hug and gives me a kiss and stuff. And we're like staring passionately into each other's eyes and having I a total moment. Don't don't cap. And today? we're having a moment. And then remember when I let my arms down and you grabbed me by my arm and my shoulder pop? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time to trade her in, fellas. My shoulder pop, and it was super quiet because we were like literally having a moment in the kitchen. <laughs> and so my shoulder pops, Time and we both in. look at each other. He was like, Was that your elbow? And I was like, No, it was my shoulder. And he's like, Oh, hell no. Time to trade her in. She, your bones popping. <laughs> I was popping. If, if your bones are popping in this soft life I'm providing you. I don't Goodbye. know. Goodbye. Goodbye. I think they probably popping because I really haven't been like like lifting weights and stuff like I was. They're, they're popping because they're not lubricated. That's that's what I'm saying. Because remember, I was like for a period of time, like back in what was it? Well, I guess it's last year now, but like the first half of last year. Um, I was doing really well. I was really proud of myself. I was meeting with my trainer every week. I was doing my strength training. I was doing my cardio. My eating was like pretty good. And then like when I get off, I get all the way off. Well, what happened was I broke my ankle and she used that excuse to be Well, well, I mean, it wasn't an excuse. You couldn't 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 go up and down stairs. So I couldn't do anything, but you could have, you could easily (laughs) do everything. You you could easily just. uh, And it wasn't just your ankle, sir. He had a broken ankle. He had um, uh, a cracked ribs. He had an entire left bruised side. Like, he acts like it was just his ankle. He was was in a cast. I was in pretty bad condition. Okay, so anyway. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. We're not going to talk about that because we, the people don't need to hear us argue right now. Um, but that's what we, this is. What, that's yeah, what our, but we don't. That is what our platform is for. But I don't want to argue about that topic couple, right now. And in case you're wondering what the topic is about, he got those injuries from being on a motorcycle. Okay, and it's been it's been a contention in in the of a topic in our marriage since that has happened. And you know maybe we'll get into that another episode. But I'm not talking about another that right now because it's a sticky situation. So, anywho, um, yes. So, for me, Christmas was great. Uh, Let me just Phoenix... say, hold on, hold on. Before you go, I will also say in these last two weeks, I've still been obsessed with my wife. I've been, 
I've been on her. You see how she looking in this purple? She, she knows my color. She trying to get some. It is some. his favorite color. She trying to get some. some it some, is some, his some, favorite some, color. Some, um, but anywho, I had a great, you know, like, I wouldn't say great, but it was a good Christmas. Um, oh, we what you did for Christmas? I'm, I'm happy. I, one thing that made me happy about Christmas is that we stuck to our guns. About what? About not overspending for Christmas gifts for her th- for her this year. Okay. No, what I mean by that is we didn't over we didn't do overboard with buying her a ton of things. Mm. The things that we did buy her were, you know, still like uh, two of the items were still big purchases as far as like dollar amounts. But as far as overdoing it, like trying to make sure there is just tons of boxes and stuff under the tree, mm-hmm. I'm happy that we stuck to our guns and didn't do that, even though like the week before Christmas, we still talked about like the saying that we always do once we wrap stuff and see how much stuff she has. We always say, do you think she has enough? All the time. All the time. And like when he came, he walked into the kitchen like a few days before Christmas and he was like, I don't feel like we got her, got her enough stuff. You think she has enough stuff? And I'm like, first of all, that's not the point that we're trying to convey to her. And for two, we are sticking to our guns this year. She does not need like an obscene amount of things, right? Well, but she got the things that she asked for. And the things she asked she for got were, the were things, expensive. They yes, were, but she got the things she... that she asked for. So, and and I think, I think that um, you know, her getting the things that she asked for, and then us just like sprinkling in some like smaller toys, mm-hmm. she was perfectly content. Yeah, like she was grateful. She was excited. She was like, oh my gosh, like. I got everything. She was like, mom, I got my springboard. Oh my gosh, I got my mats. Like she was really excited. And then the little toys that we supplemented with, the the toys that we got uh, to supplement, she really enjoyed those too. Mm-hmm. Like she really, she really did. And she loved it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, can't ask for anything better, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, other than that, Christmas is great. New Year's was good. Uh, my sister came down. She made us some gumbo. Trash. That was really good. He ate like 19 bowls. I hadn't eaten all don't, day. I was starving. Don't let him cap you guys. Trash. Don't let him cap you guys. Trash. That's how he... Remember the other episodes I told you? This is how he is. Trash. If it's the opposite of what the good is, that means he liked it, okay? If he talks crap about you, it's because he likes you. It's like old school little boy on the playground. If he beats you up, it's because he likes you. If he talks shit about you, it's First because of all, he likes you. I don't beat up you. nobody. Don't, don't I said little kid on, on the playground. Don't be putting that on me. Anywho. What we, what, just what we got today. Because so, you, um, you about to get beat up. I just hope everybody enjoyed their Christmas and everybody had and everybody had a great uh, new year. So um, happy 2024. Happy I pray, mama year. I pray that all of the things and goals that you have set for yourself this year, that you stay consistent and disciplined and reach those goals. And, you know, if it's to work on yourself, everyone usually has a new year, new me type of plan. I wish you all the best. So what's, what's your plan for new year real quick? To interject, what's your plan for New Year? My plan for the New Year is to not get into my own head, like not to talk myself out of things. Mm, okay, that's good. I want to not talk myself out of things, and I also, okay, I also want to. How do I word it? Um, not necessarily be an emotional dumpster mm. for other people. Like I want, you know, I I like to be a supportive friend. I like to be the friend that you can call and lean on and talk to and everything like that. But what I've noticed is that sometimes when you make yourself available to people, 
um, in that capacity, like a lot of the time, and you don't get that in return, then it's um, then it's like you're being their emotional dumpster. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you can call me with all of the things that you need to dump, all of the negative things, all the hurts, the sorrows and things, and you dump it on me. Mm -hmm. But if I need to have a moment for myself to call you, to talk to you, or to like emotionally dump on you, those same people are not there for me mm -hmm. in the capacity that I know I can be for them. You know, people are always busy or I don't have time to talk. Like, so my thing is not necessarily setting a boundary, but just being more mindful of the relationships that I have. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. Being more mindful of the relationships that I have. What is, what's your plan for 2024? Uh, I just, in 2024, I'm just not holding my tongue. I mean, I don't see how that's a plan because. No, that's, a, that, that's that. the problem. I've been holding back. I'm gonna release the. I'm gonna release the dragon. Okay, but that doesn't sound. Her. That doesn't sound like you've been holding back. That sounds like you're. You're gonna use that as an excuse to be an, an even bigger butthole. I'm not. No, I'm not being a butthole. I'm. I'm saying if you ask me the truth, if you ask me my opinion about something, I'm gonna give you the full opinion, whether you like it or not. How do you feel about wedge shoes? I, I hate them. They're terrible. Whoever invented them needs needs to disappear. The, their whole line. It's what's the point? You already have a heel. What's the point of a wedge? It's just because you never wore a pair of heels for a long period at a time. A wedge, the wedges—they look—they look terrible. Not all of them. They're like crusty sandcastles. That doesn't even make sense, Maurice. Crusty yeah. sandcastles. Yeah, they're like sand, crusty sandcastles. They're just ugly. I just—I don't like them. Okay, let's get into the topic today. Um, I don't. I, what do you want me to tell you? I don't like them. Okay, that's so fine. Say. Okay, so. Today's topic is going to be um, about bashing or bad talking your spouse to friends and family. You ain't about shit. You ain't going to be <laughs> shit. You never was shit. How many times have you been you with your friends? You ain't going to be and shit. Would you cut it out? <laughs> so silly. I don't know what's wrong with him this evening. I'm sorry. It's going to be a long episode. Um, <laughs> yes, but uh, bashing or bad-mouthing your partner, uh, a.k.a. throwing them under the bus, a.k.a. violating their privacy. Yeah, well, that's funny because um, I feel like, not to interrupt you, even though I'm interrupting you. But you just you, did. I feel like you throw me on the bus all the time. You blame me for everything. Okay. Good, Anywho, but... bashing your partner to your friends. Okay. Okay. Um, gossiping about your partner mm. to your friends. Okay. Do you think that's something that is healthy or conducive to your relationship? Now, I don't mean before you start, because I don't mean, um, like going to a neutral party that is a friend and seeking advice or being uh, able to confide in them. That's different. Oh, okay. I'm I'll, talking I'll, about... I'm about to say something, because that's the first thing I'm, I was, yeah, I was exactly. Because hold that's on, why, let, me, let me answer your question. Wait, no, but you cut me I off. I told you in 2024, I'm not tolerating this. Goodbye. But so I just want I just want you to have the, the, the better understanding... Of the question? Of the question. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So what I'm saying is... Go ahead. Is, um, do, do you think that is harmful? To the relationship or even the friendship. To like the friendship of the person you're talking to? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I feel like when you're bad mouthing your, like, your partner, like if your partner's in the room and you're bad mouthing, I feel like. Well, that's just disrespectful. Um, 
I feel like one is disrespectful. Two, I think it's a hindrance of the relationship because your problems should be your problems. You should fix those problems in house. But like you preference before you finish asking the question, I also believe that it is okay if you're going to a mutual party or you're going to a close friend to vent about your um, your frustrations or your um, your unhappiness or your your stance about to confide in a friend to, to confide in yeah. a friend about your partner, right? That. That that I feel like that's okay, right? But if your but if your sole goal is to go out and to just badmouth your partner, yeah, and be negative, and just be negative about yeah. them to try to paint them in a bad light, right? To receive some type of sympathy or, or, validation, or validation of your feelings, of your feeling, then no, yeah. you're wrong because right. I feel like all in in house struggles need to be dealt with in house, and when you include outside, um, when you include outside sources into your business, you allow in outside opinions. And a lot of times, those opinions may not be the opinions that you want. Right. But whether you want them or not, you're welcoming those opinions into your uh, your relationship. relationship. Right. Yes. Um. So I want I want I want you to play the clip. Play the clip, and oh. then we'll we'll talk. Oh, you you demanding today? I'm not. Here we go. Mistake number two, and this is a huge one that women don't even recognize. They gossip about their partner to other people, whether good gossip or bad gossip. Talking about your partner to people outside of the relationship destroys the sacred energy within the relationship. It is perfectly okay to have that one person, even two neutral parties with whom you discuss your difficulties in order to get support, advice, or guidance. But they should be your difficulties, not your partner's bad habits, insecurities, failings, and shortcomings. That is straight up gossip. Those are the things you need to pray about. Gossiping about your Partner is one huge mistake women make because they do not realize that what destroys a relationship comes from within the relationship, not from the outside. Gossip is a betrayal of trust and a violation of confidence. My sister women, don't do it. It is a huge mistake that will destroy your relationship. Mistake number two, and this is. So I think one of the things that stuck out for me from that clip was when she mentioned it's a betrayal of trust. Mm. Do you do you agree with that? I think anytime you divulge um, the intimacies of your um, relationship to an outside party is is a form of breach of trust because a lot of times things that are said or done within the boundaries of the relationship is meant for the other person. It's not meant to be a, a public thing. So if I tell you something in confidence or if I do something and I, I show you something in confidence, it's I'm showing that to you. So for then, then for you to go relay that outside of this to someone else to, to reflect on what I have done, that is somewhat a breach of trust. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Especially, I mean, in some circumstances, you then have that friend Come back and bring your business back to you. Right. Because like if I'm vulnerable to you, this <laughs> like like that's that's one way, like that's another reason, that's another way like men shut down. If I'm vulnerable to you and I come and I and I and I'm being vulnerable with you and I tell you something that I may be insecure about or I have a hard time processing, 
and you go and relay that to a friend, mm-hmm. and now that gets back to me from the friend, from the friend, that completely breaks my trust. Of and and now and now I'll never be in that headspace again to actually tell you what I'm feeling or or or, or what I mean. Or, or, or how I feel in certain instances because now I feel as if I cannot trust you right. because you be, uh, betrayed my trust and you've um, relayed my personal feelings that were meant for you right. to an outside party. And not only that, I think the part that sometimes people miss, especially when you're divulging um, this type of information to like friends, is it also, it, it invites them to have an opinion, right? So it's like, if you come to me and you're like telling me all this stuff, like he he does this, he does that, he ain't shit, you know, he don't do this, I, he I can't depend on him, blah 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 blah. And then the second that I have an opinion about it, then part part of it is now you being defensive mm. because now you start to realize that you have painted a picture of your husband to me in my head, mm-hmm. right, and me trying to be a supportive friend trying to look at it from your perspective or even look at it objectively when I say something that you don't agree with about the information you just told me about your husband. Now you want to backpedal a little bit. Right. Let me (laughs) me say this because I've had personal instances where I've had friends, you know, confide in me or or talk to me to get my opinion about things that are going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've had it to where I've literally listened to my friend and be like, no, you tripping. Like right. you're in the wrong right. you're in the wrong here. Right. And that that didn't necessarily go well. And so I then I then I had him say, Well, sometimes I just need someone to talk to. I said, Okay, well if you need someone to talk to you, then preface you, that. Then tell me that. But yeah. if you want my honest opinion, I'm not gonna sit here and uh, just agree with what you're doing. Right. When I don't agree with what you're doing just because you're my friend. So that that's also one way um, you know, uh, that it, it may not go the way you wanted to go. And the other thing is, is that I've also been in in rooms where you have spouses going at it, and that that's a really uncomfortable, it's super uncomfortable, comfortable situation. Super like, uncomfortable. Why, like I don't, I don't want to be inside I, your I, argument. I don't want to be in your argument. I'm not. I don't. I'm not volunteering my my <laughs> mm-hmm. ears for your business. You're mm-hmm. you're putting it out there, and now you're looking at me to respond to what you guys are going going through, and it's like this, like, it's, but basically, but it's, it's like pick my, a side. But it's not my business. I don't have right. a side. Right. But to go back to what you talk about, um, about give, like giving the opinion, I think that like how she said in the clip, it's okay to have one, maybe even two people that are neutral. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, you know? It's like, of course we're friends and you want to come to me because I'm your friend. I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily like your husband's friend or both of y'all, but me and you are a friend, right? Mm-hmm. But are you coming to me because you know that I'm also another married woman and you want my perspective about it or you want my opinion on it? Mm-hmm. Or are you coming to me for me to just validate how you think you're right mm-hmm. and you want me to just be like, girl, you know what? You're right. Like, you need to, you know, right. give him all the, the, give him none of I, the breaks. I think I think a lot of times the friends I do have confide in me or come to me for opinions because they realize that I am, I, I guess when it comes to relationship and marriage and stuff, I, I am like the moral high ground. Like I have a like very, neutral? I, I, I'm, I'm new. I, I'm neutral. I, I, I give both sides, but at the same time of that, as a husband, I hold myself to a higher standard. Like I'm not out here wilding, and my friends know that I'm not out here wilding. That I take my marriage very seriously, so they can right? confide. They right. can rely so, on the advice that right, you're going to give right. them. Because you know, like I've always said, like I said before, and I've always said, it's like I make it a point whenever I'm in a room to let people know. 
oh, my wife does this, or I'm married. Yeah. Like, you're going to know I'm married. Yeah. Like, if, when you meet me, I'm going to tell you. Don't bring no shit over here. I hope that ne- I hope that never changes, but know. we'll see how the next I mean, fifty years go. With, with that shoulder popping, it might. <laughs> I had to get a replacement. <laughs> My child needs somebody to take care of her because because her mama is struggling. This is this is why you never say never. Okay, it is death till you do, uh, do part, but. I mean, never say never, guys. The vow saying sickness and, and in health. health. And I had a popping shoulder. It didn't say nothing about no popping shoulder, though. It just says sickness, sickness and in health. Sickness and in health. It didn't say nothing about no popping shoulder. Bye. Um, so yeah, so I I I think that's I think that's really good. And I, I do think that you need to be more neutral. And I myself am the same way. I do try to see it from both sides because I think we all like at the basis, we all know and understand that it it can never just be one person's right. fault. And me, like even even if even if there has been something as egregious as infidelity, right? Right. right. The the person who has been cheated on will usually be the person that I didn't do I didn't do anything like to deserve what this. They did. But it's I'm not but I'm, I'm not saying that it's totally their fault because you also have an accountability to your own actions, right? right? The person Hold who on, cheated. You have an accountability to your own actions One regardless. Time. One more time for the You people. have an accountability to your actions and your person regardless. Oh, now you preaching. Regardless. Now you preaching. Of what your and partner And accountability goes what way? Both. Okay, now you it goes okay, both. Now. So we're, if you so <laughs> shut up. So you know, I've I've had that conversation too. It's like you know, you're the one who had went out and had an affair. You're the one. Nobody told you to go out and sleep with such and such and such and such. Okay, I get that, and you are you're totally you're totally in the mm-hmm. right with that. However, when it comes to the dynamics of the relationship, mm-hmm. you just just take a step back and always say, "How have I contributed to this?" Right. Just, I mean, just say, how have I contributed? Don't put the blame on yourself, but try to find where you can hold yourself accountable to any type of disagreement or any type of disconnect that you're having within your marriage. Right. You have to look at yourself, too. It's not just because, okay, he went out and did this because he wasn't getting sex or he went out and did this because, you know, he feels like, um, like, you know, I'm just out here ignoring him or whatever. It goes both ways. Right. And I will also say that, like you said, I try to look at it from both angles, right? From both sides. Right. right? But, you know, being a man, I can, I better understand and better correlate to the man's feelings because I can see their point of view a lot easier than I can the woman's point of, of view, course, right? Of course, you're a man. So I, I, I know in instance, I was like, well, you know what? I understand why you feel that way. But at the end of the day, I always say this is a conversation that needs to be had between you and your partner. And honestly, if no one's willing to work on it or or willing to better the situation, then moves need to be made because you never want it to be in a situation. My my mentality is all I never want to get to a situation to where I feel like I have to cheat to have peace. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But how would that even like just think about what you just said? How would cheating on your spouse? Like, I feel like we're getting a little off topic, but we'll circle back. How does cheating you on your spouse you know, you know, create peace? And hold on, just really me, quick. No, let me. I gotta. I gotta ride with this. Okay, ride with. And I and I say this because we're gonna do an episode on this too. The whole concept of men needing peace and what peace means to men, in my opinion, 
Okay, and this is my opinion. Like assholes, everyone's has everyone has one. In my opinion, I think a lot of this peace that the that men are searching for or they say that they want is not something that's so external that has to do with the level of peace that your woman brings to you. But what about the level of peace that you have in, within yourself? Let me just say this. Let me just say this. When men talk about peace, it's, it's, it's more about how the external factors are hindering and, contrib- and impacting the mm-hmm. internal factors. Right. And it's, it's, I can, I can, I can, I can only control so much of my internal because I'm, my internal is reflecting my external. Right. But as my woman, when I say bring me peace, I want you to navigate and negotiate the external things that that shouldn't necessarily uh, be awarded my attention, right? So some things by by peace, peace peace means it means a multiple of things, right? right? And I think hold it's on, very hold subjective. On, hold on, right? But mainly, what it means is that you are now taking care of things, or you're you're eliminating worries for me. Because as a man, we're always worrying, right? We're always thinking about, is everyone happy? Is is everyone situated? Does everyone have what they need, right? So part of being the peace, like, I'm going to just talk about us, for instance, right? Part of you being my peace is that I know when I wake up in the morning and I walk out of here to go to work, I'm not worried about my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. I know that her mama got her. I ain't got to worry about it. I know we got food. I know I've I've done my part by putting things in place. There's food in the house. There's money in the account. There's gas and there's gas in your car. Right. I've given you everything, everything you needed to 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 win the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And you give me peace by providing me the fact that when I come home, not only has my house been taken care of intended to, my daughter has been taken care of intended to. And the things that I didn't I, I didn't have time to accomplish because I was working and preoccupied. You also took care of that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's part of the piece. Right. Another part of the piece is you're not you're not bringing unnecessary worry to me that is not on the level which I should need to be consumed with it at the moment. Right. A lot of times being um, a woman providing peace is you taking care of the things that shouldn't even reach my desk. Right. Mm-hmm. It's think of it like it like a, as a business. Right. If I'm if I, if you're the owner and I'm the manager. Right. If every time there's a problem, I'm coming to you, well, you're going to look at me like, well, what the hell did I hire you for? Yeah. now I'm doing my job and your job. Yeah. So that's the correlation to the marriage. As the head of the house, if you're bringing me every problem, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, well, I got to worry about everything financial. I got to make sure everything's in place. I got to make sure everybody's safe. Now I got to put out these fires too. Well, shit, what am I, do you want me, what else do you want me to take care of? That's also. Superhero. <laughs> But that's also that's also another dynamic of the piece. Like you said, we'll have another episode about yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we could really like delve deep into that. But anywho, circling back to what we were talking about. Um, but, uh, but again, if I'm sitting here talking about you to somebody else, you're not being my piece. Oh, my. That's how we're going to circle back into this. Any, right? Okay. But like I was saying, like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, I think sometimes as, not even as, I'm not going to say as men, as sometimes as, as people, we hold things in and we tolerate so much because of the person we love. Right. That it gets to a point to where now we just have to unload on somebody. Yeah. Like it gets But you the, shouldn't let it pile up to that point. You shouldn't. Right. You shouldn't, but it gets to the point to where it's like, if I don't get this off my chest, I'm gonna explode. 
I'm a, I'm I'm because I'm at this point I'm about to be out of character. Yeah, I'm not. I'm about to not be myself. Yeah. So I have to talk to somebody, right? And I think as a friend, right, as a good friend, you you learn to dis- distinguish between, um, just like with being a good partner. Is this a situation where my partner wants me to respond? Right, or, or just or, listen, or, or, or my friend wants me to respond, right. or is this a situation right. to where my friend just wants me, or my friend or wife or whatever or spouse? They just need they, the physical they, support. They just need me to listen so yeah. they can just get it off, off their, their chest, chest, right? Right. Because a lot of times people process things by getting things off their chest. They by right? talking through it, talk, right. like talk therapy. Right. So even I would say even sometimes when you're when you're confi- confiding in someone and you're maybe be talking negative about your spouse, it's things that you are saying. You know, because I I personally feel sometimes like you they you say things to a friend or a confident that are, that may be negative about your spouse because you would never say those things directly to your spouse right. or you haven't figured out a way to word those things so that your spouse isn't hurt by what you said and so because that you I, can convey right, how you right. feel because a lot of navigating uh, a lot a, a lot of times navigating things in in difficult conversations with your spouse. It's about how you say the things so that what you're saying can be heard. Right. Because we as people, you know, if you're not mature enough, the, your first thing you're going to do is, is, is going to be, be defensive. Yep. And once you're defensive, you're not going to hear what's being At said. All. So a lot of times I have to express my frustration, right? Like I may be upset with you, right? I Now I have to call my brother or call one of my friends and and, 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 get, and just out, get it out and get my frustration out and then organize the right? thought right so that way when I come back to you I can come mm-hmm. back to you with a logical statement so that we uh-huh. can have an actual conversation, conversation. and be adults because I know if I step to you on the raw raw mm-hmm. I'm gonna get the raw raw back and right. then now definitely now, now we're not having a conversation we're, we're just having, fighting now we're fighting yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying right and that's why that's the difference between now that's not to say that you know voices won't be elevated and things won't get tense because we're gonna ha- we're having a conversation about two sides that are passionate about their stance. Yeah. Right. So emotions are going to re- are going to flare, but getting that frustration out allows you to have a reasonable conversation to where you can still be emotional and get your point across, but not cross the line of disrespect. Right. Right. Because you have to get those negative feelings out of yourself and out of the conversation. So that you can move forward, right? But I think, I think the the part that I keep that I keep taking from it is the the people that you're venting to. You have to be very choosy about the people that you're venting to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very choosy. If you have one person, or like she said, maybe even two, chances are this this is a person who knows both you and your spouse, right? Mm-hmm. And they can distinguish for themselves you being frustrated and having to get get it off your chest or just vent a little bit so that you can regroup, reorganize, and then go back and have a conversation with your spouse. But I'm talking about the conversations that are happening where you are just downright dogging your partner and you are being negative about your partner and you're talking just you're just talking shit about your partner to your friends Mm -hmm. so that your friends can also see your partner in that light. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you're going to your friends and you're like, oh, he ain't shit. He don't do shit for me. He's, you know, he's this, he's that. All he wants to do is just hang with his friends. All he wants to do is play video games. He ain't worked in six months. He don't make no money. We got money problems. The kids don't even like that type of stuff. 
that I, is painting just, him in a very bad picture. Hold, but can I say this real no, quick? because I, I have to keep my train I'm sorry, of thought. I'm sorry. Please, because you just you, so, trick, you trigger someone. When you said I that. know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, but that that goes back to the clip when she was talking about gossiping. Mm-hmm. That is literally gossiping, right? So it's like next time I see your husband, now I have this. I'm thinking I, all negative things, right? I'm thinking all negative things. Like in my mind, if he says something that rubs me the wrong way, in my mind, I'm like, you ain't nothing but a piece of shit anyway. Like your wife already oh gave me God. the the the, the D on you. You are a, you're so you're, a p- you're a piece of trash, sir. So your opinion is irrelevant. It is so uncomfortable <laughs> knowing something about someone and they don't know you know. And they don't know you. Oh my gosh! And it, it is ma- so it's so uncomfortable. Un- it is so uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable, right? especially right. intimate details. Right. And I was gonna say this: if going back to what you said, like I would be like, I would look at her like, well, why are you even with him? Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Like, let like, me, so, so you're choosing to put yourself in this situation by, by your choice. Let me touch on that. When I get or have a conversation with someone who has dogged their partner so bad, I am I'm nine times, 9.8 times out of 10. I am that friend that will never even talk about the D word. I'm the divorce. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna encourage you to leave your husband. Stop it. I'm not gonna encourage you to leave your husband. I'm not gonna encourage you to walk away from your marriage. I'm not gonna encourage that. I'm gonna encourage you trying to work it out. Maybe to see therapists. Like maybe you guys need time alone. Like I'm usually that that friend, that person, right? Because the last thing you're gonna do is take my advice about leaving your partner or leaving your your husband or your wife, mm-hmm. and then something don't work out, and then you come back and you're like, but but where y'all was at when y'all was telling me to leave him? But anywho, what I was saying was is I when I have those type of conversations. And then a friend will say, I just want to divorce him. I just want, I just, I'm just, I'm done. I want to divorce him. Okay. So when we doing that, you brought it up, but don't, don't, don't sit here and, and trash talk your partner. And never threaten, move forward. You're threatening your partner with a divorce to your friend, but then you don't, you're not, you're not walking the walk. And And then not only that, it's like, as, as as the friend in that situation now now like I said before and now it, now I'm I'm uncomfortable and I and I I'm uneasy every time I'm in a situation where you both you both are in the same room right right because I always say at the end of the day I'm your friend right they right. May, they may be your spouse but I'm your friend right right so I'm always gonna be in my friend's corner right you know regardless because I got your back regardless whether I agree with what you're doing or not because I got your back I'm in your you're corner, my friend right now I will never. Badmouth my friend, you know, to their spouse. But I would, I'll, I'll put them aside. Hey, like, hey, dog, like, you know, this ain't right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But that's a one-on-one conversation I'm have. I'm not, I'm not going to put you on blast in any situation to where it would be, you know, relayed to another person. Right. But I, I did again. I agree with you. If you're going to constantly come to me and tell me how things are, but you're not doing anything to change it, at some point, I get to the point to where I you now come, I'm questioning you. <clears throat> Not only my question to you is now when you start to complain about something, I'm just going to turn you out. Right, because nothing. Because at this point, you're you're you know have you change. have you met people who are addicted to drama, and yeah. they don't realize that they are, yeah. or people who if they don't have something that's like going on that's wrong in their life, they don't know how to um like like navigate. 
You know what I mean? It's almost like people who always constantly feel like they have to put out fires. Like if I'm not worried about something, I'm not I'm not going about life right. Mm-hmm. There should be something I'm worried about. Like whether it's being unhappy in my job, being unhappy in my relationship, like something has to be going on with them. And it's the drama aspect that they're attracted to. And most people don't even realize that they're ad- they're like addicted to drama or they have some level of attraction to the drama that kind of perpetuates this whole story right Mm -hmm. and i have to i start recognizing like oh it's the drama like you like having a little bit of drama not to say that you like the 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 status that your relationship's in if you're mm -hmm. not having a relationship but on some form it's like to have something to complain about gives you power because then it is somehow you translate it back into all the things that he or she Mm -hmm. is not doing right those are the areas in which you feel like you're you're doing the best. I also feel like sometimes, like when you've been in it for so long, it becomes part of your identity. Identity, it does. Right. right? That's like, and I think so, that's where the so addiction you're, comes. You're, from. You're, you're so used to complaining about said partner. It's that, a, that it's that a now part of it's you. Like it's it's a part of your of your character, yeah. right? Like now, like you'll it's have, a part of the routine, like, right? Like you're going to have good days, but the second something slips up. You yep. can't wait to tell somebody else about what she yep. now. Now when she now she's back on this, or she, he's or mm-hmm. he's back she on back that. on the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that that becomes part of it. And I also to go also to that. I also feel like some people don't. I feel like some people just don't know how to be happy. Right. I feel like some people need the chaos to, to feel, feel normal. To feel normal. Yes, right? that is and then, that is and, a real thing. And, and when things are kind of at ease, because I'm guilty of this. Yeah, right. That's how I know it's a real thing. I'm guilty of this. <laughs> When I feel like things are too at ease and things are going too smooth. Like, what did I miss? Right. I'm always, you know, to quote one of my favorite shows, How I Met Your Mother, I'm always like, where's the poop? Yeah. Where's the poop? Yeah. Something about to happen. Like, because this is done. This is taken care of. Yeah. Like, something's not right. It's going too smooth. Uh Uh-huh. Or like, like when I I finish paying the bills and and we got And you be like, you be like, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Where the poop? Where's the poop? Something (laughs) wrong. Something wrong. I put money in the savings, right, and there's still right, extra money. Right. Something, something <laughs> wrong. I'm, I'm missing something, right? And so, it, I, I can understand that because as someone who is so used to the other foot always dropping, you're at expecting the, at it. the most inconvenient time. Yeah, I'm always looking for the other foot to drop. But you know, you know, that's also an energy, right? So mm. I've always. I've always been a firm believer. Your your thoughts become reality, as they say. Like I'm sure you've heard that before, right? You you bring about what well, I you thought about you for a long time. I listen, you. you bring about yeah. what you think about, mm-hmm. right? So when you're constantly in that state of the other shoe is going to drop, you're expecting that, which means you're also giving out that energy. That energy is bound to come back to right. you. Which and but the thing is, is when the energy comes back to you, it reconfirms what, what you, you already said. So in your mind, you're not thinking that's the energy you put out. You're mm-hmm. thinking, I knew I was right. I, will also I th- knew I was right. That's because that's the energy you put out. So you're bound to get that energy back. I will also say this. Every time I go out here with the attitude of I'm going to be positive, I'm going to try to see the better side of things, that always seemed to be the time where everything hits me at once. And it always strikes me back or always reminds remind me remembers uh I forgot who said it but it's like when you ask God for something or you ask you know the universe whatever it is whatever you believe in right it's most times it's presented to you in a test right mm-hmm. so if i if i if i if i'm saying you no know, just help me be more positive right 
instead of making me positive on he's the inside, he's not just gonna say here he's positivity. Gonna, he's gonna he's create gonna scenarios, create scenarios in which I have to yes. force myself to be positive. To be positive, right? mm-hmm. and it's just like you have to work like, that as I, a I'm muscle. A, I'm gonna say this, and this is completely off topic. But I'm gonna say this, like a couple of months ago, I said, I said, you know, you know, I'm not too spiritual, but I believe in God. But I was like, God, just give me more patience to deal with my child. I said, I don't know what it is, but my child hits these nerves so quick. Ooh. So quick. I just, I said, ooh, because I'm reading the parenting map and that's the, uh, I'm reading it and I listened to it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's a part where she talks about when you say your kid hit a nerve, but it's not them hitting a nerve. What you need to ask yourself is what is it within you? Right. Okay. Whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. right? I can be on three and my child can get me to 10 in a heartbeat, Right. And I said, I just want more patience with her, right? And in my mind... You thought you were going to say, my son, patience. Right. So in my mind, <laughs> I thought maybe, you know, my child may behave a little better, which that was not the case. She's a, she's a child. You know, but I do feel like I've been better at it. Yeah. And I'm, I've been trying to change, like, certain dynamics of my parenting. But especially these last couple of weeks, Jesus... You ain't got to test me no more. But you got to you got to work you, up that you got to work that you like work the tolerance. That, up. Th- yeah, you, you have, have to work right. out the patience. Right. And that's you, I just had a conversation with a friend today where she called me and she's like been having a really, really tough time, both in her marriage financially. Her and her husband live. He lives in a different state. OK. And when I talked to her today. She was like, I don't know what's going on, sis. She was like, I just feel like everything is crumbling down around me. She was like, I feel like God is just punishing me and I don't know why he's punishing me. I feel like I'm a good person. I help people. I do this. I do that. And I simply said to her, I said, you know what? Sometimes when you ask for like strength or things like that, it doesn't come in the form where God is just going to be like, okay, here, child, I give you strength. He gives you certain obstacles that you may have to navigate through life to Mm -hmm. help build that muscle of strength within you, right? So that whatever does come next, you can be like, you know what? I've been through something like this or worse, and I know how to get through this. Or he can be presented to you in a way where all you have left is to depend on him. That's it. I I remember, this is off topic, but I I remember one instance when we were going through our rough time and uh, the first one after college. And I was at my mom's and um, I remember distinctively like it was yesterday. I was laying in bed and I was crying and I was just talking like like, talking to God. And I was just having this conversation about like, I just feel like nothing has like panned out the way I I had planned it. Like I had everything planned. Like I was going to, you know, finish school. This is the job I was going to have. This is, you know, everything was mapped out. And I remember laying in bed and I had my laptop and I literally said to myself, I said, all I have left is this laptop. That's what I said to myself. I put the laptop on um, a TV tray, like the, you know, the Mm -hmm. trays. I put the laptop on the tray because that's how I used to watch my TV and my movies and stuff. And I went to open the laptop and it wouldn't turn on. My laptop was broken. And I had literally just said, I was like, the only thing I have left is this laptop. And I remember when that laptop didn't turn on and I felt like, what I heard God say, now all all you have left is me. Mm. Like you, you, you were, you were so, you were so like, you know how I was, mm-hmm. especially like in my twenties, I was very 
determined. Like there's a certain life I wanted Your to live. Your picture was in a dictionary. Oh my gosh. That I, my, I, there was a certain lifestyle I wanted to live that was so gold driven. I have everything yeah. written down. Like I just knew like by 22, remember I had everything like by 22, I was going to be doing this. I was going to be doing that. And it's like, none of that worked out the way I thought it would, despite my strongest efforts. And in that moment, when that laptop didn't turn on, I literally heard God say, now all you have is me. And so now right. where do we go from here? And a, lo- and, and a lot of times, you know, going back, well, this goes everything. What really what it is, it's just a change of outlook and a change in mentality. Yeah. It's perspective, that, really. That, that's that's really that's mm-hmm. really all it is. And once you realize, like, even when I think about, you know, going back to the topic, you know, bad mouth mirror spouse, right? It's about the perspective of it, right? Right. Because like I, I've said this before, like I've had people complain to me about their spouse, and I'd be like, "Well, shit, what I got going on ain't bad at all. It's not that bad, right?" right. And I'm gonna I'm like, just go ahead and rock I'm, with what I'm I got. Just, I'm gonna just try to fix what I got, and I'm and just be content that I'm not dealing with that, uh-huh. right? And you know, and then also like when it comes to like uh, you know my 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 child, sometimes I look at her and I'm like, you know what? She is a child. This is her childhood, right? Mm-hmm. And her brain is not seeing things, it's not functioning the way I'm functioning, right? My way my brain is functioning. Mm-hmm. And I have to understand, I have to realize that from her perspective, everything is okay, right? Mm-hmm. And it's on me to to show her and teach her the the right and the wrong, the wrong in things, right? So ultimately, everything with within within your reality is about how you perceive it, right? Mm-hmm. So, your perception is right, your reality. Right. So if and but also your perception and your reality is also something you can change, right? But that's gonna come from that's gonna come from inside. At 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 a certain point, you have to address the problems from within, right? And you have to ask yourself, if I have all these concerns or all these complaints about my spouse, why am I tolerating this? Right. And then Or what is on. it about you? Right, right. And then as a man, I also have to ask myself, what is it about me as a leader that is allowing and perpetuating this this type of behavior, right? What am I not conveying to my spouse to get her to move in the way that I deem best for the family unit, right? Why am, Why can she not see my sense of urgency? Why can't she not see my sense of burden my my sense of direction that I need this family to move in, right? So a lot of times, as a man in the situation, I feel like sometimes we need to step back and reevaluate how we are actually leading, right? If you are leading in your household, right? So a lot of times, it it can be as simple as changing the direction of your leadership, because just like with learning, right? Everyone has a different way of learning, mm-hmm. right? Maybe your leadership style is not the most conducive to your to to the to what you have going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to to try to approach the situation in a different manner in which things can be done, and you can that can relieve the stress off of you, and that can provide you with some level of peace. Right? Maybe it's something that you need to change within yourself to portray or be some or be different. Right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, I personally feel like if I want the best out of you. I have to give you the best of me, mm-hmm. right? I can't half-ass this relationship, but then expect you to be a 100% great wife, right? 
I can't come in and say, okay, babe, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I know I said we would do this, but we, we ain't got money for this. Uh, I said, I know I said I would take care of that, but I, mm-hmm. but, I, but I did this, right? I have to show up every day, give you 110%, not just financially, right? That's the thing. It don't, it don't, it don't, financial is where it begins. I still have to be a great partner to you emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, right? I have to be emotionally supportive to you, right? I have to give it 110%. I have to hit my my P's and Q's on every level and every dynamic in this relationship. And then once I do that, now as the leader, I can expect you to meet me because I'm not just asking you to do something that I'm not doing. So if I'm firing on all cylinders and I'm doing everything and I'm being the example, the perfect example of what I need to be and what I need from you and how I want to lead, now I can now come to you and say, what's the issue? Mm-hmm. I'm showing you the blueprint. I'm being the upstanding guy. I'm going, I'm getting up day in and day out and doing what is, I'm doing what is necessary, what is required and more, not only to better the life, but not only to better our life, but to better this family and to better the, the, the dynamic of this family. Right. And I'm taking things, I'm taking these off, I'm taking these things off of your plate, but in return, you're not doing what I need you to do in order to keep me in this headspace. Right. So that perspective a lot of times if you change your perspective and be the best person you can be, you know what I'm saying? That will then, I think that would like then... Like taking your accountability. Right. You take your accountability, then that mm-hmm. would then add more validity to your complaints. Well, not only that, I think when you start taking more accountability and you start looking inward instead of looking outward, the complaints kind of stop because you're focusing on yourself. Right. So then, therefore, your partner, without having to hear you complain and nag about it, your partner can just see. Right. The action. And then your partner will say, you know what? He does all this or he's making an effort to do all this. The least I can do is step my game up right. and make sure this happens. But th- that's because like it's like the, the old saying, actions speak louder than right. words. The more you complain, belittle, get, like put down on, a, on your partner or anybody, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it doesn't have the effect that you think it does where you're like, okay, if I keep telling her she fat, she gonna want to lose weight. That's not it. Right. That's not that's not that's not how that's gonna happen. But, like, but if you showcase through action, dedication, you're not holding any grudges, you're being encouraged, right. like things like that, then your partner can be like, you know what? Let let me try to do because, something. Because my mentality now is that if I am a hundred percent stand up and I'm doing everything you need that needs to be done, plus more, right? To be the perfect husband for you and whatever whatever that looks like for you, and you're not reciprocating, I believe. I'm saying this for you. I'm not saying all for women. I believe I have the type of woman that would be like, well, well, shit, I understand why he's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Right? I understand why he said what he said. Look what my husband's doing. Mm-hmm. I have been dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? I believe that I have that wife. Now, I know a lot of people that don't have that wife. Right. They'd be like, oh, that's great that he's doing that, but I'm not going to change what I've been doing because yeah, he's accepted because it he's for doing, so long. Yeah. Well, you, because it's become part of our right. norm. And that's And thing. then you complaining about the inaction right. of me also is a part of our norm. Right. So therefore, it doesn't motivate me to want to do anything different. And then that's why I also say... When, that's where the accountability comes that's from. That's where accountability comes from. And I also say when you're in a situation like that and you want your marriage to work, you need to change your leadership style. Well, and I think I learned something a while back and it was talking... Um, I can't remember. I think... Who was I listening? I can't remember what I was listening to. But it was uh, basically like the mirror effect, right? The things that you see as negative in people, you're only able to read those or be able to recognize them because on some level, it's within you. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You recognize what you see or what subconsciously you try to ignore. So whatever issue you have within your partner, subconsciously, that's also an issue or a problem within yourself. And that's why when we talk about accountability, even if you feel or think that you have no part to play in why your relationship is the way it is or why you're sitting there gossiping or bad mouthing your partner, you owe it to your relationship to take some form of accountability and right. look within yourself because there is also something within you that you're not happy with, you're not satisfied with, you're disappointed with, you're discouraged about, and you're unknowingly projecting that onto your partner mm-hmm. and making it just their issue and right. how their issue is impacting your life. Right. And that's not how it always is. Granted, could, could there be some validity to that in some cases? Absolutely. But it doesn't negate the fact that there's always his side, your side, and there's the truth. And each of you owe it to your relationship to take self-accountability and self-inventory to ensure that whatever it is that you have disassociated with mentally or uh, psychologically, emotionally, whatever traumas you have experienced that you may not even know or knew were there, Mm -hmm. but you're able to see them in your partner as something that's negative or something egregious and something you don't like. And that's because you're able, you're able to recognize it because on some level it's within you. Right. So you have to ask yourself, what's keeping me here? And then also what, what is it? What is it in this person that I see in myself? Right. That, that's you it. Be, you are, but, you but, are seeing yourself but, in but that you person. Have, but you have to be, you have to be outside just outside of yourself. And th- but that's where, that. that's, that's where, maturity and awareness comes from. And most people are not mature enough or aware enough to recognize that the things that they are picking apart about their partner, that they also them, themselves struggle with. If he is poor, if he's bad at time management, he could very well be bad at time management. But that also says, okay, well, what is what is it about you, about that situation that's drawing that out? Mm-hmm. What What's being mirrored back at you? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I, it just at the end of the day, it's like you, we say this often and we say it a lot and it's true. Everything starts from within, right? And I feel like any situation that you're not happy with, you have to look at yourself first, right? And hold you your have, own accountability. You have to ask yourself, what am I doing to contribute to this situation? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, if I'm not happy, okay, let's sit down and have that conversation. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not, I won't even say happy because you're not you're not going to be or you weren't even meant to be happy every single day. Mm-hmm. But if you are not satisfied with the condition and the state that your relationship is in, it is both of you's responsibility to ensure that you take accountability both individually and then game plan mm-hmm. about how we get out of this. And before you go to your friends and bash bash your partner mm-hmm. and just gossip about what what a shitty partner they are go to someone that is neutral that knows the both of you somebody that you can confide in somebody who's not going to be just a pleaser to confirm your feelings about your spouse but give you an overall objective view about the situation or whatever it is you're complaining about and then you can go back and reorganize. And like you said earlier, then you'll be better equipped to go to your partner mm-hmm. and have a sensible conversation that still may be like a heated disagreement or a heated argument, but at least it can be on a better grounds where you guys right. could try to hear each other. It's all about coming in with a clear level mind. Right. 
you don't want to come in and start the conversation when you're already on 10. Right. Right. Because now it's going to be harder for you to convey exactly what you mean. Because now you have too much of feelings and emotions into what you're saying. Right. Right. You're not making the logical um, statements. Right. You know, you're, you're, you're allowing motion. You're allowing emotion to navigate the conversation. Right. And then that's where you, you have the trip ups. Yep. That was a good convo, babe. That was really good. Hey, you preaching today. Oh, my gosh. But I just, it's its one of those things I feel like everyone at some point has had some level of that. And mm-hmm. just just going back to, you know, just the, the, the confines of marriage and the secrecy, the secrecy of marriage is like, why would you want to go out and create this picture of your spouse that is just so negative, so ran down. They can't give people the permission to have an uh, right. opinion about your relationship and about your partner. And then the minute they want to say something or have an opinion about it, now you want, you know what I mean? Especially so just, when you are the reflection of me. Right. Right. So if I have nothing but negative things to say about you, right, that means you must have negative things to say about me. Right. Because we are just, like you said before, we are mirroring each other, mm-hmm. right? So that's why, you know, you need to focus on your mirror and not focus on mine. Look at you. You're so cute. I just wanted to do this. Stop. I love I'm you. I'm married. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, so with that being said, <laughs> we're just going to jump right into our two cents, okay? I feel like there should be like a transition, like... Maybe we can like find like a transition, like a clap or something to go into it. I don't know. I just feel like my in my head I heard that. <laughs> okay, let's just hop right into it, into our two cents. Okay, so this one talks about, let's see. Um, I caught my wife complaining about me to her friends. So it's very on topic. All right, here she we go. She's in the room. I oversaw a message on her phone when she was texting in which she said she was, quote unquote, so done with me and said that I was extremely insecure. I confronted her about it and said I felt betrayed. She apologized and promised to never talk badly about me to her friends again. Following the incident, she changed the password on her phone and started taking it with her everywhere she went. I suspected she was still talking badly about me to her friends again, so I decided to trick her. I said that I had read what she was saying about me on our cell phone account online, which I couldn't. She looked like she had seen a ghost. I told her that I saw what she had been saying about me, about her friends, and she admitted it. I told her that I I couldn't really read all of the messages and that I was very hurt by her behavior. I have real trust issues now because she still talks to those same friends and is very secretive with her phone. I can't forgive her and I feel shame every time I see her, every time I see these friends of hers. What should I do? Mm, I don't know. Right. Because it's like I like we said, (laughs) like we said earlier, it's so uncomfortable (laughs) when you know something about a friend's partner that, you know, they don't know about you. But now that he knows that she's been saying crap about him mm-hmm. to her friends and he knows that he's probably had vulnerable moments with his wife and have said things to his wife, 
not knowing how she has interpreted it. So how much it, about me do they know? Right. So that's what I'm saying. So now is he in a position where he should confront the friends and ask I the mean, friends? I mean, he's already in a mental relationship with all of them. He's already, he's already in a mental relationship with all of them. They know more about them, about him than, he, than they should ever know, right? Yeah. And granted, I understand the wife's standpoint of, I have these issues with my husband. I need to confide with somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. But like, again, like we were saying, has she even addressed these issues with him? Mm-hmm. Right? Because it clearly, is, he, he stated, I under, he understands that he's insecure. That he has insecurities. And mm-hmm. he, so, he, so his wife knows, right? Mm-hmm. So this goes back to earlier when I was saying, like, he was vulnerable enough with, with his wife to state, to tell her about his insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. And now it got to the point to where his insecurities have weighed on her so much that she has to she has to relate that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. That ain't cool. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So here's another one. This one is advice when your spouse gives you the silent treatment. Oh, I just played Call of Duty. <laughs> My husband gives me the silent treatment when we have any kind of conflict. And it's usually when he disagrees with me or gets mad at me or I'm upset about a situation. We've been together for 13 years and it's always been like this with any kind of conflict. Usually after the fourth or fifth day of the silent treatment, I'm just begging him to talk to me. And I know this is awful, but 80% Fourth or fifth day? And I know this is awful, but 80% of the time it's because I tell him I'm just done with this, then he'll talk to me. We did separate last year for about five months. I told him I just couldn't handle this anymore and I was struggling with myself, but that's another story. So whenever we got back together... Whenever we would have a conflict, he would shut down for a couple of hours and come back and talk to me. But now after months, it's going back to the silent treatment. We're on day four of him giving me the silent treatment and I don't know what to do anymore. We have three kids and two of them are girls and I'm just worried that I'm setting an example for the girls that it's okay to receive a silent treatment from their spouses. I guess what I'm asking is, spouses who give the silent treatment, what can I do to help him stop? Hold on. I got I got no, I, I got Hold on. Say. I want to say this because did we not have an issue like this once before? And what, what was the one issue? that you tried to give me the silent treatment. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember this one. Okay. Thing. You don't remember when I told you you got no more time to give me the silent treatment? You don't remember that? No. Okay. Well, I do. I re- I remember it very I still vividly. Give you silent treatment. No. Not, not no. five days in a row. No, you don't give me silent treatment like that. So it's not that he doesn't talk to me at all. Like, I know when he's just being short. Like, he'll answer questions. He'll ask questions. But he will have, like, he'll no, have no, a moment no, where he I, won't... I won't even ask you questions. Where he, will, he, where he just tries not to interact with me. Or I know he's avoiding interacting with me. Or, like, he'll walk past me and he doesn't, like, slap my butt or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I know when you're, like, giving the silent treatment. And I remember one time, this was probably, like, a year or two ago, I had told, I told you in the kitchen... I said, you have zero times to give me the silent oh, treatment okay. one more time. Did it work? It did, because you I haven't you haven't behaved that way since. Well, you've been, been uh, behaving better. Goodbye. Good damn bye. Say what you was going to say, because I'm not doing this with you. I will say this. One, uh, I don't think uh, you have anything to worry about with your daughters dealing with the silent treatment. Mm, right? I would disagree. Right. I also would say, from the man's perspective, he's probably... He's trying to. Part of it is he's angry and he doesn't, he doesn't want to talk to you when he's angry because he doesn't want to say anything out of pocket could be. Or, or say something he doesn't say doesn't could mean be. right right could be right. And another part of it is it's just it's his way 
I don't want to say necessarily his way of getting back at you for what's going on, but it could just it it could just be it could just be his way of processing and getting right? back. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I guess. I guess she got the answer. No, I'm just saying. You it ain't got be. the answer, Sway. Okay, but that I mean that's a real thing too with people shutting down. Like right. uh, maybe also like the disagreement and the conflict that you guys have, you're so str- like you're so strong in the conviction of whatever it is the conflict is that it overpowers like his thought and reason that he just shuts down because he literally right. doesn't have anything to and, say. And have you ever thought about the maybe just maybe like you said he's shutting down because that's the only way he knows how to, to deal, deal with the with situation, conflict. right? Right. And he may shut down, and it may take him a couple of days before he even revisits the conversation mm-hmm. to formulate how he actually feels and how and how to actually address what what was what, what was said or what happened. Mm-hmm. That could be right? some type of trauma so, response right, that he's be. had as a, since a child. It could be. So, so that's so, why I said when you said it, it, it's probably not impacting the children. That's why I said no, it actually could be impacting the children because. This is the example that's being set. I Kids can feel rather, tension. I would much rather have my daughter see me give you the silent treatment than beat me. Than to put my hands on you, right? Or to cheat on you. So if I if I feel I, like it's another form of abuse, but whatever. If I go a couple of days without talking to you to to keep the peace, I think that's justified. <sighs> okay, Gil. That's just my that's that's my two cents. That's his two cents. I love you. Yeah, okay. I love that sweater you got on. Thank you. I'm going to take it off later. Anywho, if you haven't already, um, if you're not already following us on uh, social media, you can follow us at Life After I Do Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us at Life After I Do Podcast on YouTube. Life After I Do Podcast on TikTok. And Instagram. And Instagram. Um, Like, leave us a comment. uh, Tell your friends. Tell your family. Follow if you have any questions or topics that you want to hear our opinion on. You can always reach out to us at life after I do podcast at gmail.com. We'll be more than happy to uh, listen to what you got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, happy we will talk to you all next week. Y'all happy tell my baby New happy Year. birthday in them comments. Yes, and my birthday, January 3rd. Um, so yeah, but happy new year. And um, if you know, and Merry Christmas because. We didn't see y'all on Christmas. Happy, All ma- right? happy Mamba year. Put some respect to Mamba, man. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been another episode of Life After I Do podcast. <laughs> and we will check in with you guys next week. Peace. Peace, Keith.